Well, bless the wonderful name of Jesus, everyone. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, as you know, we are still in the series entitled The King's Meet. Today's subtitle is Trouble in Paradise. We're going to continue dealing with the subject of marriage in the modern day church. So I pray that you will hear this rich word of God. I know that it's going to bless you. Remember, if you miss any of the messages, you can just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org and click on the audio page. Or if you have the Kingdom Rock app already installed on your mobile device, well, you already know it's already there. And today's message is no exception. So without any further ado, here comes the message entitled Trouble in Paradise right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right, well, let's go back to the book of Ephesians. Let's go back to Ephesians, Ephesians, the fifth chapter, Ephesians, the fifth chapter. And uh, we're going to continue in the message that we started on last week, but with just a little bit different flavor. Today, we will subtitle this message. Now, we're still in the broad series entitled The King's Meet, The King's Meet, and we're talking about marriage. We are, if you would, we are taking our scalpel and we're cutting out the cancer uh, that is within the body. We're cutting out all the misnomers and the misnotions about marriage. And we're allowing the word of God to be absolute in our lives. If the word of God is not absolute in your life, then I wonder if you're wasting your time or not. When I say absolute, I'm saying that when he says it's up, we say it's up. When he says down, we say it's down. When he says it's good, we say good. When he says bad, we say bad. Are you hearing? His word must be the final authority. There can be no other. So I don't care what they say on the daytime soap opera. I don't care what uh, bless her, but I don't care what Oprah say or Dr. Phil, bless him, all those other people. The word of God must be the final authority. The Father has, wrote, has written the manual for us for all parts of life. And if we want to have the God kind of success, then we've got to do it God's way. Amen? Amen. Amen. And you'll actually find out that God's way is actually the best way. It is actually the best way. Amen? We've seen men contaminate these things. So I'm not, we're not talking about my opinion. Please hear me. I'm not talking about my example. Although I believe I have a God marriage. We're not talking about my home. We're talking about what the word of God says. And here again, there have been bad examples in media. There have been bad examples on television shows. Uh, like we said, uh, soap operas, uh, soap operas, what do you want to call them? Soap operas. <laughs> um, movies and all these talk shows. And then there have also been bad examples of marriage in the house of God. And also in the pulpit, there have been uh, record numbers of pastors, which is a shame before the Lord, getting divorces, um, having adulterous affairs with their secretaries and things of that nature. So we're not talking about the examples of other preachers. We're not talking about the examples of, quote, unquote, churchgoers. We're talking about what the word of God says about it and what God says is true. Can I, can I hear an Amen. So we must pattern our lives based on what God said. 
Amen? All right. So, again, Ephesians, the fifth chapter, we're going to look at this again, Ephesians 5. Now, if we follow God's guidelines, if we follow his guidelines, we will have the God kind of marriage. We're not aiming for a, an okay marriage. We're not aiming for a, a good marriage. We're aiming for the God marriage, the God marriage. But today we will subtitle this message. Well, we'll begin it today. We'll subtitle it, Trouble in Paradise. What happens when there's trouble in paradise? All right, let's do a little bit of recapping. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verses 21 through uh, verse 23. Ephesians 5, verse 21 through 23. And it reads like this. Submit yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hateth his own flesh, but nourishes uh, and cherishes it, even as the Lord the church. Stop right for a second. We see here already one role of the husband. And we did not discuss last week, but we will discuss just a little bit here. Notice that it is the duty, it is the job of the husband to nourish and cherish his wife. To nourish and cherish his wife. The Lord also tells the husband to love his wife. How? How is that? How is the husband to love his wife? As Christ has loved the church. Well, how did Christ love the church? He loved the church so much that he was willing, and he did, give his life for the church. Are you hearing? Amen. Talking about the God marriage. So we see here in verse 29 that you wives should expect, if you have a godly husband, if you have a, a, a believing husband, you should expect nourishing and cherishing. All right? So you can pull on that in prayer. You say, I'm not receiving that from my husband. Well, then you need to pull on God from pull, pull on God because that is actually your right. That is a command as it is given to the Lord Jesus Christ to the husband. Are you hearing? Now, this speaks of a godly marriage or a God marriage where both husband and wife are saved. They, both husband and wife are born again. And you can actually pull on the Lord for that nourishing and that cherishing for that love. Uh, because that is commanded of the husband by Christ himself that the husband would supply that to the wife. Are y'all hearing me today? Husbands, if you say, well, I, I, I don't know how to do this. Well, it's your responsibility to seek the Lord as to how to implement his command in the marriage. Hallelujah. Those of you that are single, that are seeking the Lord uh, for a spouse, if you if, um, if you are not able to abide even as Paul did, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, 
possibly. When Paul was a single man, he said, I wish that all of you would be single just like me. But if you don't, don't have the gift of that, then go ahead and get married. Well, if you are considering marriage, then understand something. One of the key factors in having a husband, if you're a woman, in having a husband is that he is assigned to love you and uh, love you as Christ loved the church and also to nourish you and to cherish you. Isn't that something? I'm telling you, that is. So we can pull on the Lord for that anointing. Remember, he wouldn't ask you to do something uh, that you're not able to do. All right, so let's go on further. Verse 30 says, For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and uh, shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be what? One flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. We see another dimension of that love, right? One, love your wife as Christ loved the church, and also to love his wife as he loves himself. Isn't that something? Uh, love, him, love, him, love his wife even as he loves himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. See, there'll be no problem in reverencing or honoring or giving respect to the husband when the wife is covered in the love of Christ. There only becomes a problem or difficulty when the wife does not see the love of Christ governing. Hallelujah. So this tells us as husbands, we can make it difficult for our wives to respect us. We can make it difficult for our wives to give us honor if they're not receiving the love of Christ. If they're not being nourished, if they're not being cherished, we can make it difficult for them. Uh, to walk in that, uh, that level of submission that the Lord talks about there in verse number 22. Hallelujah. The wives, we, I'm sure our wives want to be in submission to us. If they are godly wives, they want to be, and they want to follow the, the word of the Lord. But we can make it, as husbands, we can make it so difficult for them, difficult for them to follow the command uh, because of our actions. Help us, Lord. All right, verse 21. Is it going to be one of those today? All right, I'm ready, Lord. Praise the Lord. So we go back into verse number 21, and it says here, Submit yourselves one to another in the fear of God. We say that the marriage, a God marriage, is, as a, three, is a threefold cord. There's a husband, wife, and they're submitting themselves one to another in the fear of God. Husband, wife, God, threefold cord. God is the referee. He's the one who keeps things straight. Again, in, in the area to recap, the wife is told to submit herself to her husband. To submit here in verse 22 means to volunteer, uh, rather, the word submit here in verse 22 is a voluntary uh, attitude of giving in, cooperating, uh, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. Voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. We said, of course, last week as well, that the Bible declares that wife is a weaker vessel. Not weaker as in mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually in every area. Not talking about that, but one who is assigned to come under. One is assigned to come under. Hallelujah. All right. So now I want to make this very practical for you. So the wife has been given the command by Christ. The godly wife has been given the command by Christ to submit. 
Now, as a general rule, the one that hired you for the job, the one that gave you the commandment, is the one who always pays you. Okay? If you're working in a store somewhere and customers come in, uh, there's no point in you demanding them to pay you. They didn't hire you. You can demand it of the boss. The boss hired you. The boss ought to pay you. So wives <clears throat> and uh, wives and husbands understand this. We do our service as unto the Lord, and our spouse gets the benefit. Okay? Now, you've got to understand that. Not, that on, not only works in marriage, that works in all areas of life, period. Even here in the pastorate, as I do my kingdom assignment, as I'm performing my kingdom assignment, I am serving as unto the Lord, but you are getting the benefit. It, it is as if, if I take money and I say, Lord, here it is. I'm throwing your money up here. I'm giving you money. Whee! And it goes up. And what happens to the money? It falls right back down. I've never seen God keep it yet. You throw it up and it's going to come back down, right? We're giving it unto the Lord and it's falling on those that are getting the benefit. Okay? Now that's important for you to remember. Because if you don't remember that, if you say, well, I'm, all this I've done for you, I cooked your food, I go to work, I do this, and I do that, what are you doing? You're saying, I expect you to pay me. But they didn't call you. He did. And so the one that called you is responsible for paying you. So when you're doing service in the home or outside of the home, you say you're, you're working in a food bank or you're volunteering, you're doing all these things for other people, you're praying for them and so forth and so on. If you ever point your finger to them and say, I've done all this for you and this is all I get, that means God didn't get the service. You weren't doing it for him. You did it for them. And if you're doing it for people, oh, Lord, they bounce chicks. If you want to get the benefit out of it, you need to do it to the Lord, to the one who sees in secret and he, who will reward you what? Openly, openly. So when your wives, as you serve your husband, serve your families, do it as unto the Lord. And your wife, your husband and your, your children, uh, your family will receive the benefit of it, but you're doing it as unto him. When you wash those drawers, let me just get in your face today. When you wash the undergarments, are you hearing? When you're around the house washing dishes or what have you, do it as unto the Lord, but they get the benefit. If you find yourself getting upset and angry and frustrated, think about everything you've done for these people and they are so ungrateful. They are so ungrateful, so ungrateful. If you have that in your head, realize who you're doing it to. You cease to do it for the Lord. Now you're doing it to them. Somebody need to hear that today. Amen. I'm so glad I could tell you that. Amen. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Are you hearing? <laughs> check yourself. Before you say that he is full of the devil or they're full of the devil, let's check the mirror first. It takes two to get married. Hallelujah. We said here again, as the Lord commanded uh, the wife to submit to the husband, he commanded that. Hallelujah. So, um, and we know, and we'll talk about this as well, that everyone is not meant to be married. 
everyone is not meant to be married. Uh, and the Bible gives guidelines of this. He, uh, he says there in the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, if you can't control your passion, it's better to marry than to burn. Not talking about really burning in hell, but burning in your passions, burning in your uh, desires. Hallelujah. But he said, if you can control yourself, then do well. Then stay unmarried and let your, and, and let your full attention be given to the Lord without distraction. Because the believing husband uh, is concerned about his wife and how he may please her and, and, and take care of the responsibilities of his family. The believing wife uh, has her mind on her husband, how she may take care of the responsibilities of her family as well. So there's a, like a dual thing going on there. I'm concerned about my wife and my children, but I'm also trying to serve the Lord to the best of my ability. So here again, everybody is not meant to be married. That should not be your end goal to one day I'm going to get married. Don't make that an end goal. Are you hearing me? All right. Don't do yourself a disservice. But here again. So, wives, when you, when you said on that marriage, that, that on your day of marriage that um, you said, I do, you were actually saying before the Lord that you agreed to voluntarily come under your husband's authority. And the husband, you also of necessity agreed to come under the authority of Christ. You agreed to come under the authority of Christ or else you cannot be, the husband could not be effective in operating in the authority of Christ or uh, he would have no anointing to maintain the home, maintain the marriage, to defend it or to lead his family into the light of God's will. Okay? So this is, here again, we're talking about a God marriage, a God marriage. So I think that some of us may need to, uh, may need to renew our vows and receive the authority that God has given unto you. If there's a believing husband and a believing wife, you have authority. Husbands, you have authority to operate in the home with the anointing of God um, upon you uh, to execute this office, to perform your duties within the office. You have the authority and the anointing to love and to cherish her. You have the anointing and the authority to maintain the marriage or maintain the home and, and to defend it and to lead your family into the light of God's will. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. All right. Now, those of us that are single, you say, well, there is no, there is no man there in my home to cover me. Where's my hovering? Where's my hovering? No. Where's my covering coming from? Well, this is where uh, the Lord gives the local church that you have the covering of the pastor within the local church. Are you hearing me? The covering of the pastor in the local church. It is the pastor that acts as that loving and, and cherishing um, arm of the Lord that covers and defends and affirms you. We talked about that last week. We'll get a little bit about that this week. Uh, so you will come under the covering of the, of the pastor. Are you hearing this is, that's why it is so very important. But ultimately, all of us, all born-again believers, are covered under the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? So this is why it is so very, very, very important. All right. Let's talk about this just quickly. Um, the husband wears on his shoulders three awesome uh, tools, three awesome powers, we can say, powers or tools of responsibility. One is affirmation two covering and three blessings affirmation covering and blessing affirmation in that uh 
Uh, and that's, that's just speak. Now, here again, the husband can affirm the wife. He can affirm the family. The husband can. The husband can affirm. In other words, wives, you must allow the spirit of Christ to speak through him to you. He mu- you must allow him to speak into your life. Don't be hard-hearted or don't harden your heart. Allow him to speak into your life with the authority of Christ. When we close our, close our hearts, we close the door of affirmation. And everyone needs that affirmation from the Lord. Okay, that approval of the Lord. Amen? So allow that husband and, and children, allow your fathers to affirm you. Allow him to speak into your life. Don't harden your heart. Christ can speak through him to you. Are you hearing? All right. And he also has the tools or responsibility of covering. That is, uh, you must allow him to cover you. He is anointed to see and sense danger before you do. Don't always assume that daddy is being overprotective. Hallelujah. Or being overly cautious. Amen. Even within the halls of the church, the pastor would say, well, that's a good idea, but not right now. Oh, I don't know what he, I don't know what he's talking about. It's a good idea. What do you think? I think it's a good idea. What do you think? I think it's a good idea. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Pastor, I want us to do it. Pastor, I want us to do it. Uh, 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 here again, the covering has some foresight. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't always assume that he is being overly cautious. Hallelujah. Even within the home. We're going to get into that further. Praise the Lord. And thirdly, the, the husband, the covering, has the authority to bless. Now, hear this, family. Don't always wait for him to bless you. Ask for the blessing. Okay? Here again, because he is covered by Christ. The believing husband is covered by Christ. Remember, we talked about that order on last week. God is the covering of Christ, and Christ uh, covers the husband and the husband covers the wife and the husband and wife, of course, cover their children. So there is godly authority here. So there is delegated authority that Christ has given to the husband to operate in the earth, to operate in his family. The husband has to have authority. All these devils and demons around here coming against your wife, coming against your children. You better have some authority. I'm not, I'm not talking about some gun in the closet either. You better have some authority, authority over the sickness and disease, authority over um, things happening in your children's life, even when you are not there, and things happening in your family emotionally. You better have some authority. So Christ has given authority, and one of the things he's given us authority to do as husbands is to bless, as well as the pastor is to bless, is to proclaim the blessing. Proclaim the blessing, and the blessing of the one that's in authority has power. Here again, we, we can see it in the bad sense. You can see the curse as daddy says something bad, and you can see how that will have ripple effects for years. But the blessing of God has more power than any curse if you just use it. I think somebody needs to hear that today. If you just use it, you husbands have authority to bless you coverings. I know there are some single mothers that that are covering their children. Then I say to you as head of the household, as covering over the household, you have the authority to bless. 
You have the authority to affirm. You have the authority to cover. You have the authority to bless those within the household. And I'll say to you in the household, don't wait for daddy to do it. Ask for him. Daddy, would you bless me in Jesus' name? Pastor, would you say a blessing over me in Jesus' name? Would you, would you do that? Now, you'll find this all throughout the Old Testament, especially as the head of the house would bless his children. They waited on the blessing. This didn't stop in the Old Testament. It still continues today. The husband has authority to bless. Hallelujah. Now, don't be mistaken. The weight of this authority is both heavy. The weight of this authority on the head of the household is heavy. And it is also powerful. That's why the enemy wages war against him, against the head of the household. Here again now, some of you, uh, we have some single ladies that are head of the household. So I'm also speaking to you in this regard. Please hear me. This anointing is, this anointing and authority is both heavy and powerful. That is why the enemy wages war against you. As a result, most, most husbands, or I'll also say head of households, but I'll, in this context, we're talking about marriage, so... Please understand now, if you're not married, but if you're head of the household, take that for yourself, okay? Are you hearing? All right. As a result, most husbands are confronted with guilt. Many husbands, believing husbands, are confronted with guilt. Guilt over what? The happiness of their wives and children. The believing husbands always want what is best for their families. They're confronted with guilt over their relationship with their children. Am I spending enough time with my children? They're, they are confronted with guilt as it relates to provision. Am I providing enough? Am I getting enough to my family? They ask the question, am I a good role model for my kids? Is, is my family safe? Am I doing enough? So I'm telling you, wives and family, you're going to have to pray for that head of the household as it relates to that, because that is a powerful dart that the enemy is hurling at every head of a household. Wish I can get some talk in here. Most husbands are also battling with anger, depression, uh, sins of the flesh, lack of respect in the home. In many cases, they receive more respect outside of the home than they do in the home. They have a lack of honor. In many cases, they feel driven, driven from the family and can even feel like strangers in their own home. In extreme cases, the enemy has so bombarded him with a spirit of failure that he finds it difficult to go home and face his family. Difficult to go home to his own family because the enemy has so bombarded him. So bombarded him. So this is why you will find him feeling angry sometime or depressed sometime, not knowing why. This is why he may fall into uh, sins of the flesh or, uh, or he may feel lack of respect in the home because he has been bombarded, bombarded. Why is, why is the enemy bombarding him? Because he is the covering over the house. And if he can destroy the covering, then he can finally get to you. This is why the pastors in the church are under so much attack. 
Because if he can destroy, if he can smite the shepherd, then the sheep will what? The sheep will scatter. The sheep will scatter. There are attacks against the head of the house. There are attacks against the head of the house. Why is that acting like that? Why is pastor acting like that? Somebody may get on their knees and begin to pray. Because if, it is, if you see it on the face, it is already infiltrated. It's already gotten in. If you see it in the attitude, it has already gotten in. That means that there is a current battle raging. And you can either sit there and get offended or you can go somewhere and pray. If you do not pray, it affects you. Y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? Talking about the God marriage, the God marriage. So here again, uh, when the husband feels this way, hear me, when you feel this way, husbands, head of households, when you feel this way, when you feel angry, depressed, and sins of the flesh begin to crop up and you feel lack of respect, you're not respected no matter what you do, what, what have you, that's the time you go into prayer and you cast off that spiritual pride. And you cry unto the Lord for help. That means to some effect you are drowning. You are being overwhelmed. When you feel like you can't go home, that you got to spend more time out. You find excuses to stay out. Now I've known husbands to find excuses to stay out of their home. Can't go home right now. That means those are symptoms of drowning. There's a drowning man. Drowning man. And the family used to see husbands, why won't, why was my husband coming home? Why, where is that? Why isn't he coming home? If he's not working, if he's working, we understand why. But if there are times when he's not there and he is not working, when he does not want to be at home, or when he is, when he is at home but you don't feel like he's there, there is an active ongoing assault. Just because you can't hear the bullets, uh, hear the gunfire, or, or see the, the bullets whizzing by, or, or hear the bombs, does not mean that the assault is not active. And listen, many times the enemy here again will come against the husband, be, come against the head of the house, the covering, because he wants to get you. And if he can stop that husband from praying, stop the husband from releasing blessings, stop the husband from releasing affirmation. Understand when the husband or the head of the household ceases to affirm, ceases to call you into being who God has called you to be, ceases to speak a blessing over your life, when the husband ceases to do that, when the head of the household ceases to do that, then here comes the enemy on the other side wanting to bring you his own brand of affirmation, telling you who he thinks you are. This is when perversion comes into the household. This is when perversion hits our communities because the men, the husbands, have not stood up and affirmed and blessed and covered their families. The enemy always wants to offer a substitute. Hallelujah. So I pray that you hear that today in the name of the Lord. As we go a little bit deeper, I pray you're ready to go a little bit deeper with me. So again, wives, I'll say to you, if you are finding it difficult to have a voluntary attitude, a voluntary attitude of giving in, I want you to please consider this again, that you are serving the Lord, but your husband is getting the benefit. You are serving the Lord, but your husband is getting the benefit. Now here again, husbands, we can make it a lot easier on them to serve, on them to help, to be the help meet. 
as pastor, I can make it a whole lot easier for you by loving you and spending time with you and listening to you as you come up, right? Instead of lording over you, I'm the pastor. Like beating on my chest like some monkey. I'm the pastor. You going to do what I say up in here. Don't you know that will make it very difficult for you? You say, okay, uh -huh. Lord, I'll, I'll serve. I'll serve you. Woo, but Lord, Lord, it's hard. Lord, it's hard. You know, and I find that those that really have to assert their authority like that really are not in authority. Something else is happening. Hallelujah. I'm the man. You're going to do what I say. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So here again, we can make it easier for those to submit under the authority of Christ by simply loving, cherishing, and honoring. Amen. Now listen, wives, those that are under submission, don't fall in this trap. I've heard many wives say this over the years. Many wives say, when he starts acting in a way that deserves my respect and honor, then I'll give it to him. When he starts acting right, then I'll do right. But understand, that is an ungodly attitude. What that says is when he straightens up, then I'll begin to bless him. But that's not the attitude of Christ. Remember, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He first loved us. Christ died for the ungodly. He didn't wait for you to straighten up before he started loving you, before he gave his best to you. So I implore you, wives, please, please do not wait for your husband to become all of that before you start doing all of that. I wish I could get some talk. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we are responsible. Here again, we're serving the Lord. We're serving the Lord in whatever capacity we're serving the Lord. You are serving the Lord. As you serve your family, you are serving the Lord. As you serve your husband, you are serving the Lord. As you serve your, in serving your different areas in the kingdom, your, on, in your kingdom assignment, you are serving the Lord, but the others are getting the benefit. Hallelujah. All right. Now, as a general rule, ladies, for those of you that are submitting, if you treat him like a king, then by default, you'll be a queen. Children will be prince and princesses, praise the Lord, when you let him be king. But if you treat him like a pauper, like scum, oh, my God, then I guess you have to make you less than scum. Are you hearing? All right. So God tells us, but you don't understand. He's so mean to me. He's so mean to me. He's so mean to me. Well, listen to what the Lord says in Matthew 5, 44. You can make, make a note of this. Matthew 5, 44. The Lord says here, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Isn't that something? Luke 6, 27 says this. Luke 6, Luke 6, 27. But I tell you, here's the Lord Jesus speaking again. But I tell you, uh, but I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. 
But he's so mean. God says, do good. Don't wait for him to straighten up first. Do good. Are you hearing? In Romans 12, Romans 12, let's get this. We can go over, go over and get this one. Romans 12, verses 19 through 21. Let me show you this as well. And today, the Lord willing, I don't, I guess we won't have time. But we do want to deal with believing those believers that have unbelieving spouses. And how to relate that. We do want to deal with divorce and separation. What does God say about all these things? We do want to, we do want to uh, uh, deal with those because these are things that the Lord Jesus addresses, Scripture addresses. So we want to address it as well. Here again, what are we doing? We're taking this scalpel and we're cutting out the cancer of all the world's views. We're cutting all that out of the church. We're cutting all the king's meat out of us so that we may be healthy, so that we may, be, so that we may have healthy marriages and relationships. Praise the Lord. So those of you that are single and that desire to be married, you'll know what to look for. As we said last week, don't just look for a slick-haired man, ladies. Don't just, look for, don't just look for a body man. There's a whole lot more to it than that. Are you hearing me? All right. Um, Romans 12, verse 19 says, be, uh, says, this is out of the King James Version, Romans the 12th chapter, verse 19 through 21. And it says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in doing, rather for in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head. Be not overcome of evil, but what? Overcome evil with good. Now, there are times in a relationship, especially when a believer is married to an unbeliever, uh, that there can be uh, abuse in the relationship. And you can fear for life. Now, the Lord speaks about that in the word of God as well. And if you are fearing for your life, it's best that you separate. It's best that you separate because God has called us to live in peace. He's called us to live in peace. Hallelujah. But here again, check yourself before you wreck yourself. So understand something. The Lord says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He said, this is what you do. You treat your enemy well. He says here, you, if he's thirsty, you give him something to drink. If he's hungry, you give him something to eat. He said, if you do this, if you do this kindness unto him, then you're going to heap up coals of fire upon his head. Now, this is not vengeance, us taking vengeance. If, I, oh boy, I'm going to do good to you. So it's like me putting some coals out in the fireplace and put them right on your head. He's not saying let him run around in circles with smoke coming off of the head. That goes straight against what he's just been saying. Do good so you can get him back. No, no. But what this is actually saying is that your good works, your acts of kindness are causing him to reflect on the bad that he's done. Your acts of kindness strikes, it stings his consciousness. 
and causes them to think about, oh, I did that to her. I did that to them. Oh, oh. and it brings them to a state of repentance. This is this is not a verse that or, or a tactic of vengeance. It's a tactic of restoration to restore them. Your good works cause will cause them to reflect on the evil that they've done. Are you hearing? Amen. No, we've got to have the right attitude. We've got to have the right attitude about this. Now, let me close out here because we're not going to get to everything I want to get to today. But I think you're getting this today. Are you getting this today? Yes. All right. Some ask the question, and we're going to really get to this on next week. We're just running out of time today. Some ask the question, or Lord willing, we get to it next week. I, I don't know. We'll just, whatever the Lord wants to do. But some ask the question, what about, what if I have a spouse that is not saved? Do I still have to submit to him? If I have a spouse that is not saved, lady would say, do I still have to submit to him? Let me answer that question. Remember, you are submitted to the authority of Christ, to the authority of Christ within your husband. Therefore, you are under no obligation to follow any requests that are anti-Christ or against the word and will of God. Amen. Hear me. This principle should be followed everywhere, not only in the home, school, government, wherever. You are accountable first or accountable or um, responsible first to God than to man. But let me caution you, especially some rebellious wives, let me caution you. Don't use Jesus as a scapegoat uh, or an excuse not to follow. Not every command or request that your husband gives you is from the devil. I can't get no talk. Praise the Lord. So we need to check ourselves first before we start saying, I'm not going to follow you. I've known some, my God, and don't let the wife know two scriptures and the husband doesn't know any scripture. And then she goes home and beats the husband over the head. Oh, you ain't saved. I'm not supposed to doubt That is so out of order. Don't you know that the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the believing wife? Hallelujah. And vice versa. Praise the Lord. You still have an obligation, a duty, or responsibility to that spouse. You married them. Praise the Lord. I pray you didn't have a shotgun wedding. Somebody put a shotgun in your back and said you're going to get married if you, if you, whether you want to or not. But most of us got married out of our free will, out of free will. Now, we know people can change over time. And we're going to look at this on next, next time in the book of 1 Corinthians, the 7th chapter. This is when um, people were saved, where people were in the world, but one spouse gave their life to the Lord and the other one did not. And so there comes friction in the home. One believes and one does not. One still uh, juping in the club and the other one's serving the Lord, dancing before the Lord. At that point, unequally yoked, problems will arise. Problems will arise. But there also comes problems sometimes in paradise when the husband is saved and the wife is saved and difficulties arise, what do you do then? We're going to talk about that next time, Lord willing. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Come on, let's praise the Lord. If you understood that, let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.